Well, if you're not familiar with the gifts of the Spirit, we'll study on it sometime, but God speaks. That was tongues and interpretation of tongues as given in the Scripture. And that's how the Holy Spirit speaks to His people sometimes. It's, it's at His choosing. It's not at ours. And I appreciate um, obedience in the congregation. It is always respectful. It is never disruptive. The Holy Spirit is very much a gentleman. But when God has something to say, He'll choose people to say it through. And I'm thankful. Isn't that beautiful? It's nothing to be afraid of. It's not weird. It's beautiful. It's the way we live as believers. Amen. Man, so much of what y'all sang, so much of what was said is going to be in today's message. Songs that they sang are going to be in today's message. And the Holy Spirit has just orchestrated this day for you. As we continue to talk about our mental health being provided by Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Our, Our healing of our minds, the health of our minds, that we'll finish long and we'll finish strong with our minds. Amen. Thank you, Father. We worship you in this place. You have been celebrated and continue to be celebrated as we partake of your word, as we acknowledge the truth that's in it and the power that it has to change our minds. We thank you for it. We don't have to continue as we've been. Today can be the start of a new day a new thought, a new way of being. And we thank you and we worship you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Whew, it's kind of hard to, it's kind of hard to sit down. Y'all can stand up, I'm I'm standing up. uh, SJ sent me a video the other day of of Bays, their little boy, preaching and uh, he was at the piano, and I said, man, he's going all Stephen Furtick on us. I, I might have to start keeping Wes back there on the keyboard. Hit a little note every now and then. Y'all wouldn't know what to do, would you? Whew, yeah, you would. I might have to get John up here. Y'all thankful for John? He took y'all's, y'all's announcement confusion, and he just handled it right well. I'm glad it was him and not me. I'd have probably told that group over there to calm down. He was, he was very gracious. You're very gracious, John. Oh, the mind. We've been studying the mind. This, I believe, is part three. John's taught since I taught it, and we had Father's Day since we started it. But this is part three, so you can go online. You can go back and listen. The mind is very important, and it's bought and paid for by Jesus Christ. He, he, he sanctified us holy, W-H, holy, paid for it. He suffered in his soul. He suffered in his thoughts. He suffered in his mind. And he suffered so that I wouldn't have to. And he has given us the mind of Christ. He's given us the thoughts of God. And we're supposed to take our stinking thinking, as my friend Pastor David Ensel would call it, and we're supposed to take God's thoughts and replace ours with his. And we get a different outcome that way. That sounds real easy. But when you've always thought the way you thought, and you introduce a new thought, your mind will give you fits. It'll give you fits. But you, spirit man, you're a spirit. 
You have a soul and you live in a body. You spirit man have control. And if you want to change how you think, you can change how you think. I think we said this one week past. Your thought life does not have to be terminal. It doesn't have to be terminal. You can change how you think. So I'm going to do a very quick review because it's been so many weeks. Uh, and, and I know that review is good. It's good for me. In part one, we talked about Jesus suffering for us wholly. That was in 1 Thessalonians 5.23. We talked about the praise cure. Uh, we talked about the, the book that, that mom had and talked about the praise cure. And our scripture for that was Psalm 103, 1 through 6. We talked about his word uh, being an anchor for our soul. Holding us steadfast, holding us steady when things get pretty stormy around us. And we read that from Hebrews 6.19. We talked about what is normal. Do you remember that the first week? Who said you're not normal? What is normal? And that Jesus had provided an answer for anything. There is nothing he has not provided an answer for. You're not too far gone. Your thoughts are not too far gone. And... We went to 1 Corinthians 4 for that. We went to Philippians 4, 6. Think on these things. That was all in part one. I don't know how we got that done in one day, but we, we, we seeded it anyway. Part two, we talked about David encouraging himself. When the whole village had been slaughtered and, and I should say burnt, all the women and children had been taken captive. David and his men come back, they're grieving, they're crying, uh, they're, they're distraught. That Everything they love is gone while they've been out fighting war. And they come back and he talk, it talks about them wanting to stone David because he's the leader. And, and when you're the leader and things don't go as planned, leader takes the stones. And so they're talking about stoning David, and it says he encouraged himself. We talked about there's times people are not going to encourage you. There's times you're going to have to encourage yourself. And you can do that. That's found in 1 Samuel chapter 30. Oh, then we spent a lot of time in verse 8. We broke apart. Pursue, overtake, and recover all. Remember that? Pursue, we went to 1 Peter 3.10. Overtake, we went to 2 Corinthians 10.3. Through six, and recover all. We went to Second Timothy one seven. Y'all can go back get the notes online. It's all written out for you. And then we went to Nebuchadnezzar and Daniel four, where he was so far gone he was living like an animal. You're not too far gone. Your thought life is not terminal. He looked up. He came to himself. And that is found in Daniel chapter 4. So today, I, I, I just didn't feel like we were through with the mind. So here we go. Let's go to Psalm 43. This has been our base scripture in all three sessions. And the psalmist says in verse 5, and I'm reading out of the Amplified. Why are you cast down, O my inner self? And why should you moan over me and be disquieted? Remember, we talked about that word a lot, being disquieted. Why would you be disquieted within me? Hope in God, wait expectantly for Him. For I will yet praise Him, who is the help of my countenance and my God. 
There are days I need help with my countenance. There's days I need help with how I feel. And we're living in a society that, that's really, and if you, look at, if you look at some of the school curriculum and things that they're teaching, it's very emphasized on emotions. How you feel. I'm not saying it's wrong how you feel. I'm just saying that we can have authority over how we feel. And, and there's a huge difference. There's a huge difference. Well, how are you feeling today? Well, let me just tell you. I didn't want to wake I didn't want to get up this morning. I did want to wake up. <laughs> but I didn't want to get up this morning. That's how I that's how I feel. But y'all know what? I showed up here this morning. You, know, you don't just don't show up at work because you were tired. And y'all, we've got we've got people coming up through society that literally think work should wait because their nose is running. I mean, we're laughing about this, but y'all must not have employees. And that's why work at home, and I love that some of you can work at home. I am thankful. Man, what a blessing. But even then, Lindsay, don't you have to get up and go to work? Maybe in your pajamas, but you still got to get up and go to work, right? We can't be led by our emotions or we're headed down a wrong road. And so, yeah, you can ask yourself what's going on here, but you ask yourself what's going on here and then you do what he said. Why? You're going to hope in God. You're going to wait expectantly for him and I will yet praise him because he is the help of my countenance. And we, we spent a lot of time on that the first week. The long and short of this is I need help. I need help. I need help with my soul. I need help with my thinking. I need help with my emotions. The way I perceive, thing and the, perceive things and the way I process things. See, we, we weren't born a blank slate. We often think we were. Uh, when our little man is born... Uh, he's not going to be a blank slate. And, and then you put in him what you want. He's going to have in him what God wanted in him. And you're either going to influence that towards what train up a child in the way he should go. What his bend is, what God put him towards. Or we're going to influence against it. But what God put in him, it's in him. What God put in you, life didn't knock it out of you. God put it in there. It's still in there. Life may have, life may have told you no. Circumstances may have told you no. Other things may have influenced you and shut down the dream of God. I love that song. Find me singing. Find me dreaming. Dreaming what? Those desires that God's put on the inside of you, they're not dead. They might have had a whole lot of crud thrown over them, but they're not dead. If God put them in us, they're in us. And we can get there. We can come back to it. Today is the restored soul. 
the restored soul. I titled it part three, but subtitle, restored soul. I want my soul restored because without his help, my past will dictate my future. Without his help, my, the hurts, the tragedies, the bad things that happen in life will dictate how I think about people. Will dictate how I think about men. Will dictate fear to me of losing more children, grandchildren. It, it would dictate to me and I would live my life influenced by what's happened to me in my past. But God, Jeremiah 29, 11, He knows the thoughts that He thinks towards me. They're good. They have hope and they have a future. And if I can grab a hold of that, then His thoughts influence my future. We're coming into our own when we're in the Word. What He's placed. It's it's unveiling who you really are. Every time we sit here in His Word, every time we worship, it's like peeling back the layers of an onion or the petals of a flower. You are in there, and that's, that's what he wants seen, right? It's beautiful to think about. Turn with me to Psalm 23. Most of you can rehearse it. I did put it in the notes in the Amplified. Sometimes if it's a really familiar passage of Scripture, it's best for me to read it out of another version so that I don't just read over the words. It makes me think about the words. Psalm 23, starting in verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. You're the sheep. Sheep are beautiful. I know people talk about them being dumb. I want you to know sheep are beautiful. I want sheep, I'm just saying. Slip in what I can when I can, folks, when I've got the microphone. Black sheep? You want me to have... I've got plenty of black sheep. (laughs) The Lord is my shepherd. If we take on the position of sheep, and this isn't isn't a full teaching on Psalm 23. I'm just going to leave it at this. If you're going to be a sheep, you need to be guided. And the Lord's your shepherd. The Lord's my shepherd. To feed God and shield me, I shall not lack. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still and restful waters. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Some of you don't want anybody making you do anything, including the Lord. But this morning, as the under-shepherd, I'm going to say, sit down and feed here. I I don't just mean the church. I mean in his word, in the message. Right now, this morning, you're in tall green grass 
He's going to make you lie down in green pastures. And he's going to lead you beside the still and restful waters. I looked up this word lead because I think it's so crucial that sheep be led. And when I looked it up and I put it in your notes, if you got the notes off the QR code, from Thayer's it means to lead, it means to give rest. Anybody need rest for your soul? It means with care. To guide to a watering place or a watering station. To cause to rest. To bring to a station or place of rest. To lead to a watering place. To cause to rest there. You think he's making a point? To lead or bring to. To give rest to. To refresh. To journey by stations or stages. I found that one fascinating. Because he brings you to green grass and then he leads you beside still waters. This journey that we're on for mental health, for our souls to be restored, it's probably not going to happen with me laying my hands on, up on you today. It's possible for your mind, for certain things to be changed. But more than likely, it's going to be a journey by stations and stages. He's going to lead you into health. He's going to lead you to a restored soul. He's going to lead you into thinking different. Will we be led? When he says, sit on this a while. When he gives you a scripture or he gives you a message and he says, lay in this for a while. Stay here for a while. Will you be led? I mean, this morning, I kind of wanted to move on because 4th of July is coming up and I want to talk about a kingdom within a nation. And he told me to sit on this subject again. Will we be led Will I be willing to be led? When he says to lay down, when he says, you know the old saying, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. He's leading you to water. He's leading us to living water. But will we partake of what he's given to us in his word, in his instruction, when he tells us to do something like forgive? Sheep have brakes. Sheep have very sensitive brakes. We start putting on the brakes. And it doesn't say dragging sheep. It says leading sheep. And, and this, is, this is a hard one. It should be easy. If we saw the reward, if we saw the vision, if we saw, James, the, the final picture, it should be easy to forgive. But we're too busy looking in the past to see what forgiveness will do for our future. And it's just one instance that I think of where we kind of put on the brakes when God's given us instruction. That will restore our soul. Because unforgiveness in the soul, refusing to forgive in the soul, keeps us in the past. It keeps us in the pain of it. It keeps us in the memory of it. And I'm, I'm preaching to myself this morning. What he gives to me for y'all is for me first. So I'm working on, I'm working on this as well. It's a journey of stages. 
Verse 3. He refreshes and restores my life. He refreshes and restores my soul. The good shepherd that I am let him lead me, he is doing it because he is refreshing and restoring my soul. It literally means he's repairing, restoring, refreshing, and bringing back my soul. And that's where I got what I talked to you about this morning. When I read that definition, it's like, he's bringing back my soul. Before you were yelled at as a child and called, before you were molested, before you were spoiled rotten. I mean, the, the pendulum can swing a lot of ways here where we were influenced. Before you were, he is bringing back your soul. He is bringing your soul back to life, which, by the way, is this year's Ladies Agape theme, living souls. Oh, I'm excited about it. He's going to carry us on mental health uh, quite a few times this year. He refreshes, restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness. Not for my earning it, but for his name's sake. Yes, though I walk through the deep, sunless valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no dread, no evil, for you are with me. Your rod is there to protect me. Your staff is there to guide me. And they comfort me on this process. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely, only goodness and mercy, Anna, you sang it this morning. Surely, only goodness and mercy and unfailing love will follow me all the days of my life. And through the length of my days, the house of the Lord and His presence will be my dwelling place. What a declaration. And I know we could spend services on each one of those, but I just want to hone this in. This passage pictures God's provision of wholeness. His provision of wholeness. It's a provision for wholeness. It doesn't guarantee your wholeness. we got to be led. we got to let Him instruct us and guide us through the dark places. Maybe even places we haven't dealt with yet. But when he's walking us through this journey, this process, his rod and his staff are there to protect us, to guide us, to keep us away from the edge, to walk us through those things, to the table that he's prepared for me in the presence of my enemies. All the th- that means all the things, don't see people faces here, see attacks, see things that tried to take you out. He has a table prepared for you where you sit down and eat and enjoy his presence in the middle of all those things. That's, that's beautiful. Till we are pursued, not by our enemies. But we are pursued by His goodness, His mercy, and His unfailing love. And and, and that word, pursued, that they follow you, it's literally what we sang this morning. Because when I first read it and I thought these things follow me, almost, and it could, could mean this as well, 
I felt like his goodness and mercy, that they are what I, it was the trail I left, which is true too. But no, we're not looking over our shoulder looking at our enemy anymore. We're looking over our shoulder and this is what we see. God's goodness, his mercy, and his unfailing love. So I'm working on looking back and seeing the work of God instead of the hurts of the past. Because you know what? Through every single one of those things, God was faithful. And instead of looking back and seeing the enemy, thankfulness says, look back and see my goodness. If you're sitting here today, you have an opportunity to, for a very good life in God. Those things didn't take you out. They might have influenced you, but they didn't take you out. If you're sitting here today they didn't take, or watching on live stream, they didn't take you out. So when you look back, be careful what you see. That's what God ministered to me this morning. When you look back, be careful what you see. Because if you look, you will see the goodness of God. Not that the things didn't happen. Go with me to Isaiah 55. We're going to read a lot of scripture today. I admire people that can do one scripture and teach a whole hour on it. Uh, Man, one verse leads me to another verse to another verse. Uh, I love the word. I love to study the word. So it's just... The way God uses me to teach. Sometimes I wish I could just get one scripture and go, hey, that's today's message. But it doesn't flow that way with me. Isaiah 55. I love this passage. What a great promise. Somebody mentioned that parts of this one as well. I can't remember if it was Brad or Anna or Wes or if it was in one of the songs. But several things jumped out at me today during worship. Verse 6. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way. Don't get hung up on the word wicked there. It just means somebody that doesn't know, they're not walking in righteousness. The way we used to think. If, if, if the thinking is wicked, forsake it. If it's wrong, forsake it. Okay? It doesn't mean you're into witchcraft. It, it just means the thinking's wrong. Are we willing to forsake our thoughts? Are we willing to forsake our ways? And I love this one because he says forsake his way. And I don't remember who said it, but I wrote it in my Bible. And so I'm going to bring it back up to you today. This is why I write in my Bible. Because, it, man, it brings things back to you. When it says let the wicked forsake his way, it's the established thoughts and thought patterns and strongholds that have already been acted on. Let the wicked forsake his way. That means what he's already doing. It's the thought processes, the strongholds that he's already acted on until he's already acting on them. We can still forsake ways. That's just the way I am. Ever heard that one? Oh, that's just the way I am. You're just going to have to put up with it because that's the way I am. Forsake it. Billy's laughing. Have you said it, Billy? <laughs> forsake it. We can forsake it. And you look the word forsake up, I mean, it, it tells you you abandon it. You starve that thing. You forsake your way. And the unrighteous man forsake his thoughts. These are not yet acted on 
but they are influencing. They're working on influencing your life. You're already thinking this. Maybe it's revenge. Maybe, I mean, we could think, there's, there's things that we, we think on. Forsake it. Are you willing to be led this morning? Forsake that. Abandon that. Orphan that thought. Leave it without power. Let him return to the Lord. And he will have mercy on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Verse 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are, my, are your ways my ways, says the Lord. And that sounds hopeless right there, but it's not because listen to what he says next. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down, oh, he's fixing to send us something. As the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, it does not return there, but waters the earth and makes it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it will accomplish what I please, and it will prosper in the thing for which I sent it. That's me. I am for which he sent it. And it will prosper in me if we'll receive with meekness the engrafted word, the scripture says. If we'll, we'll take what wasn't a part of us and engraft it to be a part of us. Right? Like grafting skin. You, you take it from something else or somewhere else and you place it until it grows and it becomes a part of you. That's what we're trying to do. Every single service here, that's what we're working on, is, in, is receiving the engrafted word. Not rejecting it. Because anytime there's a transplant, there's a chance of rejection. And you say, that's not me. That's not a part of me. Your body starts fighting that thing because it's not a part of you. Well, if God said it's a part of you, it's a part of you. So we change our thinking instead of rejecting the word. I don't even know where I was. Verse 12. Y'all don't want me to go back to page 2. We'll take us a while to get out of here. It'll prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Verse 12. For you shall go out with joy. This sounds like our soul is being influenced by his word. You will go out with joy. You will be led out with peace. The mountains and the hills, they're going to break forth into singing before you. And all the trees of the field are going to be clapping their hands. Do you think your perception has been changed? If you think... That the mountains are singing in front of you and the trees are clapping their hands when you walk by? Most of us don't walk out thinking that way during the day. Most of us don't even look at the trees and the mountains. But when we take on his word and we let it prosper on the inside of us, it will change our perception of life. The very life around us. Verse 13 is very important. Y'all know I love this word. I love this word. Instead of. Instead of the thorn will come up the, the cypress tree. Instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree. Instead of. That means that what 
was growing what should your life should be like because of your parents or because of the choices that you've made should briars be coming up because of the things that happened to you in life should you be a failure should you be divorced should your children not succeed should you be broke should you be should you be instead of he provides us an instead of what should have been instead of Instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress tree, and instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree, and it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off for his glory. For his glory. This is the great exchange. Being willing to forsake our ways for his ways and forsake our thoughts for his thought and in exchange exchange getting his results instead of our results. If you want instead of results, you have to forsake and take. You have to forsake and take. Forsake our own. And this is work. I'm not going to, I mean, I'm I'm not going to sit up here and say, amen, let's go home. So be it. David, the minds are fascinating, aren't they? They're amazing. But they're changeable. Thank God. We can unsee things and resee things. Our imaginations are so powerful. We can read his word and start seeing us in his word. Start seeing ourselves, letting it form a, what my dad used to call a faith image. On This is really who I am in my soul, who God created me to be. Intelligent. Instead of whatever we've been told in life. We'll leave it at that. Romans 12. Y'all should have seen Bo laughing at me the other day trying to do math on whole numbers. I appreciate it, Bo. I had to really overcome my, my insecurities when I left... The gym. He's like, can I tell on you? So we were like doing this whole thing on kind of like the price is right, thanks to SJ. And I did all of mine in like, you know, $5, $7, $10. Who wants to add after a decimal? I mean, that, it just complicates things. Everybody else was doing like seven seventy-five. $4.25. He looks at mine. He starts making fun of my brain. I said, hey, I don't know. I thought I was pretty smart to do it that way myself. But I guess I need to start believing God for the math part of my brain. Romans 12. We've had a lot of fun today. Starting with John. And then Bo. I don't know if it's humiliation or fun, but we're, we're both going out humble, aren't we, John? Romans 12. And a merry heart. Romans 12, verse 1. I know you're familiar with this, but let's read it fresh. Okay? This is how it's done. This is how we renew our mind. 
I beseech you, therefore. You know what he's saying? Mr. Frank, he's saying, I'm begging you to listen to me. That's, I mean, Paul is like, I beseech you, therefore. I, I'm imploring. I am asking you to please listen to what I'm fixing to say. Brothers, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service or your reasonable act of worship. Your reasonable act of service is that you be willing to present yourself a living sacrifice. Not a living excuse. Not a living excuse. A living, I'm willing to die to this. Sacrifice. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. I got a lot of excuses for my attitudes. My Aunt Pam, please quit laughing on the front row. <laughs> Thelma. Call each other Thelma and Louise if that tells you anything about the kindred attitudes that we're working on. We're to present ourselves a living sacrifice. When I read this, I had written in my old Bible, to present our bodies means to release claim of it. To present myself to God is to, for me to release my claim to how I am, why I am. Release my claim to it. Present my body. And I just want you all to know that when we're having praise and worship up here, anytime, we use these steps as altars. And you're welcome to come present yourself. You don't have to do that. You can do it at home. You can do it standing up. But y'all, there's just a time that I need to bow my knee. Because I need to make myself bow my knee. I don't know if y'all may not be that stubborn. But the sheep needs to sit in the grass. And be led. And so that's always, always open to you. I don't say that often enough. Present your bodies, release claim to it, a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God. That's your reasonable act of worship. He died for you, now we die to him and let him live through us, right? Verse 2, and be not, get to quote my mama, I'm always quoting dad, I get to quote my mama. Be not, it's a stop sign. Stop it. Be not. It means a stop sign forbidding the continuance of an action already in progress. You're moving this way, but here's your stop sign. You were thinking this way, but here's your stop sign. You were going to do this, but here's your stop sign. You were going to turn out that way, but here's your stop sign. And be not conformed. Mm, conformed. It's like being, being pressed into a mold. Anybody ever played with Play-Doh when you were kids? Now it's kinetic sand. 
Or, or you ever have silly putty and you put it on the newspaper. Newspaper was this thing made on paper. It used to come to your house. It had black ink. What in River Valley now? I think they're at a tournament today. Um, what in River Valley now? Uh, but you would press the silly putty on it and it would just transfer whatever it was pressed to. You don't be conformed to this world. What's happened, what's being said, you don't be shaped by that, patterned after that, but you be transformed. Now, the generation that, that my kids grew up in, and I'm not sure about now, I think they're still around, had transformers. It was like cars and then a robot, it turned into, and you could transform it. It was one thing and you transform, right Sam? You could transform it into something else. You be transformed. Transformed comes from the Greek word where we get our word metamorphosed. The butterfly, caterpillar butterfly. If y'all need a book on it, Bridget's got one. A children's book on it, great book. And you be transformed. You be changed in lifestyle is what it means. You be changed in lifestyle, transformed, metamorphosed by the renewing of your mind. Renewing. Renewing. It's where, where we get the word renovation. And if I'm going to renovate a property, anybody ever renovated a property? Is it work? Because it's not just building a property, David. It's dealing with, with what was there. Huge difference in building a new property and renovating a property. It's like, Mark, right? <laughs> you do rentals as well. You open up a wall... You never know what's going to be in there. And when God starts dealing with you about things, there may be things that come out that you really didn't know were there. But he's working on the layers and he's getting you down to where, hey, you're built on the correct foundation. And he's stripping away those things and bringing them to light and being brought to light. Things being brought to light in your soul, that is not a bad thing. That is a healing thing. That is a very necessary thing. It is a renewing thing, a renovating thing. And he doesn't just leave us with walls torn out. He gives us the correct framework. He builds us back correctly. Don't be conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing or renovating of your mind. That you may prove. That you can be proof. That your mind can be proof. That your life can be proof of what is good, what is acceptable, what is the perfect will of God. Whew. Some of you are proof. Just hearing some of your stories, where you came from, but you're not. Someday, some of you are going to get bold enough to tell your stories. You're going to blow people out of the water at the goodness of God and the power of His Word. 
what he can do in a soul. We have to get past our pride. We have to use wisdom because circumstances around us. But I'm telling you all, I can look around this room and I can just see, because I'm privileged to know stories. Bubba, you've shared yours so I can pick on you. Praise God. Nobody would ever think. Now you all want to know. We'll have, we'll have Bubba share with you sometime, just along with the Word. You know, I think the best way to give a testimony is to put it in the Word. I mean, there's some... God's good. You are proof to me, brother. You're proof to me. We have a part to play when it comes to the change and the health of our minds. There's work. There's work to do. Well, what do I do? What do I do? You present your bodies. That's a start. And say, all right, I hear you. <laughs> I hear you, God. Here it, here it is. I'm willing, to, I'm willing to be led. I'm willing to listen. I'm willing to be obedient. You expose yourself to his word, to his presence, which is what worship and the word do. They expose, our, they expose us to God with nothing hidden. Those fig leaves didn't work out too well. For Adam and Eve, they really weren't hidden. God really did know where they were. The camo was not mossy oak, apparently. <laughs> Whatever the new thing is, I'm sure we have it. Um, yeah. He knows, and the reason he wants to see is not to shame us. It's to bring us out of the darkness, hiding, to bring us into light, to heal us, to bring us back, restore our soul, refresh our minds, bring our souls back to living, to the dreams, to the visions, to the, the callings, the abilities, the talents. Do you know how many talents get shut down because somebody said you couldn't or you shouldn't or you weren't good enough? I mean, have you heard even just some of the famous athletes that, y'all, I'm old. So you younger generation, just ignore me for a moment, and all you 50-ish and up. Spud Webb. How tall was Spud Webb? Four feet tall. You are hilarious. You don't know who I'm talking about. He's a basketball player. Oh, you do? How tall was he? Anybody know? Five, six? Played in the NBA? Impossible. No. Because he didn't listen to the people that said, you can never play college ball, or you can never play in the NBA, because, you know, six, eight, short. We had a guy at our house the other day who was staying with us. I just looked at him and said, how tall are you? He said, 6'8". I was like, he's a giant. You know, he'd just be one of the guys on the, on the NBA court, and he would be short to some of them. Nobody told, I mean, nobody was able to convince Spud Webb that he was not an NBA player. We got to get 
close enough to the Word of God that nobody can, can convince us that it's not the truth for me. Well, you can't be a minister because... Had to bring up the woman thing. Just had to, Thelma. Had to. See? Do you know I had to overcome that? I had to dig in the Word, study the history of the Scripture, because I had to be convinced so that I couldn't be unconvinced. You're going to have to do the same thing. You are who God says you are. You can do what God says you can do. But you have to become convinced of it first. And you're going to have to renew our minds to do it. Amen? Amen. I love this subject. I... Surround yourself by people, other things you can do. Surround yourself by people who will reinforce God's Word, speak God's Word into your life. Listen to teachings, read books uh, that just illuminate the Word of God for you. We're going to have to, use, like the balance that we talked about in previous when we were talking about praise, you're going to have to outweigh everything that you've convinced yourself of and, and see what God sees and begin to picture yourself as doing that. And, and it's not a bright thing when God does it because you could never be that without Him. And then above all else, don't get offended don't get offended. Keep your brain on straight. We have a purpose here. Don't, let, don't get sidetracked. Because when, when you start this process, the nose will start coming out. And controversy, Satan comes immediately to steal the word that's been sown in your heart. So once you make your mind up to do it, keep your feet planted. And look straight ahead. Amen? 